0: So we're in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 3 verses, verses 15, uh, I'm sorry, verses 16 through 18. Let's pray, and then we'll look at the passage. Um, Father, we do thank you and praise you for this day. Lord, we we ask that you would um, truly help us, Lord, to be a thankful people. Uh, Lord, may it not be um, a thankfulness... uh, as a parent telling a child to say thank you when somebody does something for you where there's no heart behind it. But Lord, we pray that um, your spirit within us would give us the dynamic, that, uh, the ability to truly be a thankful people regardless of life circumstances and situations, that we would um, understand who you are, uh, who we are, uh, what Christ has done for us, the, the life that we have in him, Lord, that we would truly, truly, deeply be a, a, a thankful, grateful people. Uh, Father, we do thank you for this season that we can um, spend time with our family and friends. And, and so, Lord, we just pray that you would bless our week this week. Um, Lord, fill our hearts with gratitude. And if we are lacking in gratitude, Lord, I pray that your spirit would show us um, the many, many things that we have uh, to be grateful for. We love you, Lord. And we pray this in Christ's good name. Amen. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that you would help us now in Christ's good name. Amen. I've been thinking this week, uh, you know, I'm not a historian by any stretch of the means, and I started like going up. Well, how did how did you know this week Thursday we celebrate Thanksgiving? I um, I I know that we have our origins. You know, going back to the Pilgrims coming across and with the Native Americans celebrating the harvest season and and having a time with one another. Um, but but in looking at when did the, the Thanksgiving become a holiday, it, it was fascinating to me that that in October 3rd of 1863, it was Abraham Lincoln that made a, a, a proclamation while president in the midst of the Civil War um, to declare this coming Thursday to be the um, a day sort of set apart to give thanks. And I read uh, his proclamation, and I, I've I've cut out, I didn't want to read the whole thing, I cut out like two paragraphs, not that there's anything bad in the two paragraphs, but it just for the ease of our understanding um his proclamation that i want to read minus those two paragraphs um is fascinating to me that this is this this was the president of the united states in the midst of of a war in the midst of a terrible time and and really what he says um you would almost think by today's standards that a that an evangelical pastor <laughs> uh, was writing this speech to the na- to the nation um He writes, so by the President of the United States of of America, Abraham Lincoln, a proclamation dated October 3rd, 1863. Uh, the, The year is drawing towards its close, has been filled with the blessings of fruitful fields and healthful skies. To these bounties, which are so constantly enjoyed, that we are prone to forget the source from which they come. Others have been added which are so extraordinarily a nature that they cannot fail to penetrate and soften even the heart which is habitually insensible to the ever-watchful providence of Almighty God. No human counsel hath devised nor hath any mortal hand worked out these great things. They are gracious gifts of the Most High God, who, while dealing with us in anger for our sins hath nevertheless remembered mercy. It's interesting, a lot of people point out that that Abraham Lincoln during this time potentially viewed that the actual, the war, the the civil war that was happening in our nation at that time, that that he believed that it could have been God's disciplinary hand on our nation for dealing with sins. And in his speech, it sort of comes out there. Uh, He continues, it seemed to me, fit and proper that they should solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledge, as with one heart and one voice by the whole American people, I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States, also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands, to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. And I recommend to them that while offering up the ascriptions justly do him for such singular deliverances and blessings, they do also with humble penitence for our national perversiveness and disobedience, Commend to his tender care all those who have become widows, orphans, mourners, or sufferers in the lamentable civil strife in which we are unavoidably engaged, and fervently implore the interposition of the Almighty Hand to heal the wounds of the nation and to restore it as soon as may be consistent with the divine purposes to fulfill enjoyment of peace, harmony, tranquility, and union. That was a tongue twister going back to older English. But in this proclamation, the, the President of the United States is basically calling the nation at the time that was at war and facing all sorts of problems to basically take the, the next month on Thursday, that Thanksgiving, as a time to humble themselves as as a people before the Lord, um, to confess, to give him thanks to ask him to restore our nation, to, to, to heal us. Um, it really is a, 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 a profound holiday. Of all of the holidays that we really celebrate in the United States, um, I do think that Thanksgiving is one of those holidays that has a lot of biblical validation, probably even more so than, than Christmas, especially in light of what Christmas has sort of evolved into, that it's, uh, a, a, you know, what, what happens on Friday? black friday and i avoid the world like the plague on like i i don't like shopping to start with like let alone like and it's just this like kickoff of of shopping and 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 so thanksgiving is one of these these holidays that um like i can really get behind and as 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 a as a church this last four weeks as we've sort of reflected on um god's command to to be thankful it's such a simple message, um, but I do believe that it's so important that we as followers of Christ um, should be a thankful people. And so here in verse 18 of of Thessalonians, which we've sort of covered many, many times, we read, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's so simple, we're to be a people that give thanks in all things, not just the good times, but in the bad times, that, that through Difficult times through good times and everything um, that we would be a people that give thanks and we 're told that this this is the will of God for us um, and looking at the greater context of this passage, if we go back to verse uh, chapter four, verses one and two, uh, paul as he writes thessalonians uh, he's he 's helping them to ex- understand a number of things, beginning in chapter four he he begins to explain sort of um, these are the things that those who identify with christ these are things that should mark the christian's life he says in verse one finally then brethren we request and exhort you in the lord jesus that you received from us instruction as how you ought to walk and please god just as you actually do walk that you would excel still more for you know the commandments we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. So he says, I just want to remind you that these are these things that I'm going to cover in the next few chapters or the end of his letter, uh, th- these are sort of earmarks of the Christian life. He's going to cover uh, relationships with other people. He's going to address how do we handle death? Um, you know, the great passages that, that we as believers, we don't have to, to mourn like others mourn when we're faced with death. Uh, it goes all the way down to we come to these three commands in chapter 5 verses 16 17 and 18 and there's these three directives these are these are commands to the father of christ uh, that you're to rejoice always there's a there's a joyfulness that comes with the follower of christ um we're to pray without ceasing that we have this relationship with our creator and that we're to commune with him through prayer uh always without ceasing it says and then he says, in everything, give thanks. It's fascinating to me that when you um, travel around the world and you encounter other Christians who don't speak your language, there, there are certain identifiable things that you can sort of see amongst Christians or that, you, that may be hard to put into words. Um, there are people all around the world that I, I, can, I can point out. It's very easy to identify Americans in other places in the world. For those of you that don't know, if you're overseas and you see a guy in a ball cap and white tennis shoes, <laughs> it's an American. If you're in San Diego and you see a guy with like a Nebraska t-shirt on, it, you're like, you're probably from Nebraska because people from San Diego, we don't, like, we don't really have good sports teams. Like, so we don't really you know, parade our colors wherever we go. Um, Marines are super easy to spot anywhere. They're, they have their, their high end tights. There's this, they, they, they can be in shorts and a t shirt, and they'll, their t shirt will be tucked into their shorts with a belt, with a perfect line, uh, perfectly shaven. Army guys are super easy. If an army guy's wearing a ball cap, there's a certain way that they kind of like crimp the top of their ball cap. I wasn't an army guy, but when I see an army guy in a ball cap, I can say, that guy's an army guy. I know. European guys. You see them around they 're going to be smoking and in caprice i mean that's that's sort of uh, like European guys are just different than, than how we dress in fact if you 're an American and you want to go travel to europe there 's all sorts of websites apparently, I stumbled upon this this week in my study is uh, there 's whole websites dedicated to Americans so to teach you how to dress in Europe so you don 't stand out like a sore thumb. <clears throat> And Paul in this section is is saying that Christians, there are certain things about Christians that that set us apart, um, that if you have Christ in your life, you're going to be distinct from the rest of the world. And the one thing that we're focusing on is this giving thanks, that the follower of Christ will be a a, a thankful person, that their speech will be marked with thankfulness. In Ephesians 5, 4, this is one of the, uh, the, the roughest sections for me as a, as a young Christian, um, Ephesians five, there's the first three verses. It's all sort of stuff. Like the one that always, um, was very convicting to me was coarse jesting, like, like a a sense of humor that's inappropriate. And I have slapstick humor. Like I, I, I've learned, I'm still working on it. I've learned how to harness that in a Christian context a little bit, um, But he says all of this stuff, like filthy language, coarse jesting, a number of other things. And he says that's not how we're to live as Christians. It's not fitting for us. But then he goes on to say, but rather giving of thanks. That the language that should come out of the Christian's mouth is thanksgiving, according to Paul in Ephesians. Now, it's not always easy, this this whole in everything, give thanks. I know that as we enter uh, the holidays, you know Thanksgiving, and everything I said about Christmas. I really do love Christmas. I enjoy Christmas. The shopping part I don't like, but I like Christmas carols. I like, you know, the frigid weather that we get when it dips down into the low 70s, and and uh, (laughs) you know we we. um, (laughs) But it's nice. We can, you know, you can you wear toes-clothed shoes with no problems. And uh, we have to pull out our socks and things like that. I like the music. I like, you know, going Christmas on the Prado and and family. It just seems like from Thanksgiving to Christmas, it's just a lot of like marked with warmness and and, uh, uh, fun times. But I also acknowledge that this this season for a lot of people is a tough season, that that the holidays can be a, a time of, of deep depression and sorrow and loneliness, um, there are times in our lives w- w- when w- when it's not filled with good stuff that w- that we have hard 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 things happen in our life. I mean, we're 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 entering Thanksgiving and I there's a, a part of our church family who is dealing with the death of their mother, their grandmother, their um, their aunt, as Lloyd Beth goes. And her family—they're all strong Christians—and so how do we uh, give thanks in in the midst of, of difficulty? And I think that this can be the problem with when we start talking about ethics. You know, it's a, even in the secular world. Um, it's funny that ethics is sort of a class in a secular university, uh, and I think sometimes that we, as Christians, or those who think they're Christians, sort of turn Christianity into to ethics. Um, there 's discussions over this is right or this is wrong, yet there 's no baseline, no sta- the standard is not an absolute for Christians. Well, we know right and wrong, we know what God has revealed to us through His word, and so we approach like like I would probably shy away even from the, using the term of is that ethical um, it 's more is it sinful or is it not sinful? Now, ethics is trying to do something that like building the system. And so when Paul here writes, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. It's easy for us to sort of um, to take this directive um, without the dynamic of the Holy Spirit within us and, and creating, well, I'm just supposed to be thankful. And so I, I caught myself like I was at Home Depot doing something yesterday, and I, I checked out, and I, the lady checked me out, and I said, oh, thank you. I'm like, oh man, we just say we do say thank you a lot. And I think I say thank you a lot because because what are we told as kids? I, Friday night I have a friend who had two guests, two passes to go to Legoland. So we, the two of us went with our two daughters, we went to Legoland. And at the end of it, as Ellies get out of the car, I whisper to him, like, Ellie, say thank you. Thank you. Not to me. Who do you want me to say thank you to? go over to Ryan and tell Ryan, thank you, and give him a hug. She's like, okay. She like hugs his leg, thank you, and he like runs around, and it's like, well, I don't, I mean, is that, was that genuine, and it could be. I mean, I know she she was thankful, like this is dad speaking. I think she was thankful, but, but I think a lot of times we're just forced to do certain things, and so we We approach Christianity sometimes like this, or especially early in my Christian life when I was exploring uh, what what Christianity is. I knew what I was, and I had an idea of, of what Christianity looked like. And so as I came to Christ, I sort of felt like I needed to fit the image of what I thought Christianity was, not necessarily from deep within. And there was an internal sort of struggle kind of learning how to be myself and how to walk with Christ. But early on, there was a lot of, I don't know, superficialness is, is the word I'm looking for. But to me, Christianity, it, half of you don't even know, but it was Ned Flanders, the, the, the Christian neighbor of the Simpsons. He wore a sweater. He tucked in his shirt. He spoke really like, you know, goofy. And so I thought, well, I'm here I am. I might like come from a really hard place, but now I've identified with Christ. And I was a Christian then, but I thought, well, if I want to be a Christian, I need to start doing all of these things. And and it was really an external thing that I, was, I thought Christians were judging me or that I couldn't be myself. And it wasn't really Christians doing that. That was just me misunderstanding what God expected. And so I look at these three verses. These are three commands rejoice always pray without ceasing and everything give thanks for this is the will of God uh, for you in Christ Jesus and I think back to my early life in Christ when I started started growing a little bit but not having all of the depth and I'd see somebody who was having a hard time and it's like well just pray more and just read more and just do all of these things and maybe you'll you'll fix it or whatever you know just but how do we do this and we have to keep reading to understand. Well, where does this flow? flump, Where does this dynamic come from? Because I don't feel like this is supposed to be a forced thing. I think that we can we can groom ourselves. We've done exercises like the thankful game. We we, we can do things that that help us um, become thankful. Exercises like uh, I mentioned the thankful game, like this psalm we read that where they went through the whole alphabet, and we can do things where we practice thankfulness but verse 23 going down we we begin to see ultimately the, the dynamic of of how this um this heart of rejoicing this heart of prayerfulness this heart of uh giving thanks in all things we see where this is uh where it comes from and in verse 23 we read now may the god of peace himself sanctify you entirely and may your spirit and soul be preserved completely without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we see here um, that what Paul prays as he lists all of this stuff, his prayer is that the, the, the God of peace himself, that, that he that is within you, that he would begin to do this work, this word uh, to sanctify you. Uh, sanctify is a word that can mean holy, holy. Uh, sanctification. It's this process, um, this th- this word that means to set apart something, uh, that, that He begins to sanctify you, change you, set you apart for His purposes, um, that He would dwell within you uh, to affect these things. Um, we, we know that Ben and Beth are getting close uh, to, to moving to Japan. Um, I, I think that they're uh, pray for them. I think that they, the whole... Uh, th- the, the whole reality well we should always pray for pray without ceasing this is like but but pray especially for them I I think that you, you know in the last few weeks the whole reality of everything like you when you're a kid and you finally jump off the high dive for the first time and before you begin to fall it's like I can't undo what I just did and how is this going to work out and um like it got real to me when I got this uh, express deliver mail thing at my house in all Japanese for their three-year visa. And it's like, oh man, this is like really happening. And Ben's like, yeah, I'm kind of like, how'd this happen? And, and, and so they're packing up and they're getting ready. And so the thing on Saturday is, um, they have tenants coming in on the first and, and so we're, it's the, the idea is to help them clean the place to, to, to help, um, them to prepare their place so that they can kind of check that box off. Um, Beth is going through a lot of pain right now. She, uh, it's t- I've never had a root canal, so you guys have. <laughs> I've never had a root canal. The, the idea of a root canal is horrifying to me. Like I, 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 It's probably not as bad as I have it worked up in my head. But she got one root canal, and the doctor messed up. And so she had to go back for a second one. I think she's on her third root canal. She was kind of joking like that she hopes that they have like a, you know, get three root canals, get a free filling done for free sort of thing. And and uh, so she's having a hard time sleeping. Bradley's having a hard time. Like Bradley's a two-year-old, but little kids understand the stress of everything that's going on. And so they basically tomorrow are going to effectively move out of their place, and then they're moving in with us for like a two- to three-week block, and then they're going to go to the East Coast then they're going to come back for their last two weeks. And why I'm bringing this all up is sort of um, to this, this sanctify, to, to prepare um, for a specific purpose. Um, my office is, is, well, my office is, my, my garage has been set apart as my office. And now we're setting apart my office for the Howards. And so over the last, you know, 20, I probably wouldn't do it for them, but Anna is way more hospitable than I am. But so she's like cleaning up the office. She's uh, cleaned the shower and the toilet and the floors and and washing the sheets on the bed and and slowly letting me know that I'm going to be kicked out of my office (laughs) and I'm going to have to figure out other places to work from over the, the next, you know, few weeks. And so we're setting apart that space for them. We're, we're, we're preparing it for them to sort of occupy as they prepare to leave. And so in verse 23, as Paul gives all these commands, he says, May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we know, Ephesians one thirteen that when you heard the gospel that Jesus died he was buried he rose again according to scriptures for your salvation paying for your sin we're told at that moment you're sealed by the holy spirit that when you accept christ christ his spirit comes and dwells within us and then we begin to change from the inside out our uh, the, the the powerful dynamic of christ begins to dwell within us and begins to affect change If you would turn with me over to Colossians chapter 2, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Go eat popcorn. You have something else. What is it? Oh, General Electric Power Company is how you can. Go eat popcorn. So much more edible to me than (laughs) palatable, I guess, would have been a better one. Um, So in, um, what did I say? Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. These two verses, I think, help. Um, to me, show the whole key bef- in encountering Christ and how it works up in gratitude. I'd like to read these two verses in their entirety right now. Um, Colossians 2.6 says, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed, and overflowing with gratitude. Um, the very first part is, therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus, the Lord. We see all three of his 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 titled name, Christ, that means Messiah. Jesus is his name. And then Lord, I, I think is what he becomes as we receive him. This word "received" um, in the Greek tense—it's—it's a—it's in the past tense, but it's—it's—it's it, it's, it's in a sense that we're—it's something that happened in the past, but there are ongoing um, effects in the present-day life. And like, if any of these things—if you haven't received Christ as your Savior—it really is futility to try to go on Uh, it becomes religion if we skip the first part of understanding that we are sinners in desperate need of a savior and that christ has come to make way that we could be saved that we could have a relationship with god that he would come within us and 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 dwell inside of us and begin to change us so often we skip that step And we think Christianity is simply a religion of do's and don'ts of that. I'm supposed to do all of these things without the dynamic within me. And so this idea of receiving Christ, it's not that when you were two years old, you trusted in Jesus. You got your fire insurance and then you basically went on with your life like nothing happened. If that's the case, maybe nothing did happen. Uh, um, th- this idea of something like an illustration of something that happened in the past, that there's ongoing sort of effects in the present day. Um, I think marriage is a, is a good one. You know, in February, Ann and I are celebrating our, our 14-year anniversary. And so so 14 years ago, or almost 14 years ago, Ann and I stood up there nervous before her dad. We, we exchanged our vows and we were married. We in that in that moment, that twenty-minute moment, we made vows before all of the people that were there, before God, and and we were united in marriage. But because of what we did back then, I can guarantee you that there are still ongoing effects in the present day. Imagine I continue live my life, and it's like, well, what? It, like, well, what happened? Fourteen years ago happened. Fourteen years ago. No, 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 when I made vows, that that's like there's an effect of what happened in the past that, that goes on in the present for, for the entire rest of my life. And so this idea here in Colossians is that when you received Christ, there's a moment in your life when you receive Christ that you're not born into a Christian family. or you You could be born into a Christian family, but that doesn't make you Christian. Becoming a Christian is you coming before your creator, understanding who you are, that you're a sinner, that your sin requires a great wrath. I forget, I didn't even know, one of those songs, it was, I'll start messing up all their papers, but it was talking, like, there's something about, like, the, the, the cup that was reserved for me, that he took, that this wrath that was poured upon him. And so first and foremost, have you received Christ? Is there a moment in your life when you sort of were faced with the cross that you had to either uh, uh, receive him or reject him? And the default position is that we've rejected the cross. And so I would say, have you reached the place where you've looked at the cross, looked at the gospel, that Jesus died for you, that he, he was buried, that he rose on the third day? According to the scriptures, it was all fulfilled. He did this so that we might have life. And it requires us acknowledging that. And the, the, the scriptures tell us that when we uh, come to that place where we believe, in that moment, we're sealed. And so here, Paul in Colossians write, As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. There's this idea of getting in step. We, we could go all through the scriptures. I think of this, the, the fruit of the Spirit, in Galatians chapter 5, the the first uh, few verses deal with uh, the deeds of the flesh. And then it goes into the fruit of the Spirit, the nine elements. I wrote a huge paper on it, and I still am so her- ter- terrible at, at, at memorization. So now I'm trying to, what is it? Love, joy, peace. Those are the first three that I was going to come You guys are great Bible students. So there's all of these. Let's just go there. <laughs> So, Galatians chapter 5. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 18, let's begin there. And there we're told, but if you are led by the Spirit, and the, 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 the implication is that you are, you are not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. It's not an exhaustive list of which I forewarned you just as I have forewarned you that those who practice habitual in nature, such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is, it's singular, this is not a buffet line, we don't pick and choose. As we receive Christ, the Spirit of God indwells us, as the Spirit of God works in us, His fruit, singular, will manifest itself in our lives. It's not up to us to produce this, it's up to us to abide in the Spirit, and as as we yield our lives to Him, He produces His fruit in our life. Love, joy, peace. We got those. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, and in the Greek it could be translated, since we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Uh, the reason I, I went to Galatians here is this, this walking. Uh, back in Colossians, this, this idea of walking with him. Um, for those of you that were in the military, you went to boot camp. One of the things I hated most about boot camp was marching. And it took me years to break, to break boot camp. This is another indication. If you're anywhere in the world, it's so easy to find military guys. They'll be in the mall in civilian clothes. They'll be walking along, and they all are totally in step, like Like it's super easy to spot. Like if military guys are walking with each other, all of the, they'll be they'll be marching. They don't even realize it because it becomes second nature. And so this word here, it's a military term. If we live by the Spirit, or since we live, let us also walk by the Spirit. And the idea is that if you are a Christian, get in step with the Spirit that is within you so that you would be in line. And if you're walking by with the Spirit, if you're uh, marching with Him, His fruit will be produced in your life. We see the fruit of the Spirit. Now back to Colossians. So that little detour happened, not in my notes. Therefore, if you've received Christ Jesus, verse 6, the Lord, so walk in him. I believe this is the same idea of getting in step with him. And as we get in step with him, as we yield our lives to him, fruit is going to bear out. Having been firmly rooted, the idea of of growing with him i 'm reminded of 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 Psalm one, this beautiful psalm of of being grounded in the Lord, being grounded in the word, and if you 're grounded in him it doesn 't matter how bad the wind, all the storms of life you 're stable like an oak tree, and fruit begins to bear forth, so as you 're walking with him firmly rooted and now being built up in him, established in your faith as you were instructed, like all, all of this uh, going deeper in Christ walking with him uh, growing in your relationship so that you're stable and then look what he says the, the overflowing the 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 fruit of this overflowing with gratitude overflowing with thankfulness and I love this this this, this word overflowing is the picture of like gushing forth and I know that um, yesterday I woke up and I felt like making pancakes for the whole family. It happens every so often. And so I made pancakes for the family. The kids love it. Anna can't stand it. I mean, she likes the pancakes. I, I, um, but she does not like when dad does it, how I apply the syrup is a little bit different than how she applies the syrup. So I'm making the pancakes. I like my pancakes to float like, because they need to absorb all of the syrup, you need to be able to take a little bite and be able to, like, douse it in the syrup and eat it. And so then yesterday, there's, like, Gideon's plate was up there. It was, like, cut. And I'm like, oh, there's no syrup on it. I got to, like, get some syrup on that thing with the kid. And I was like, what are you doing? Boy, needs some syrup. She's like, "Why well, I'm making butter pancakes. I'm like, well, if I made the pancakes, he's getting syrup. The same thing with, with Thanksgiving. Tonight, we're going to come here. And there are going to be those of you that, I don't even know how you eat your meal. Like I, going to the South, the gravy, uh, gr- gravy is amazing. I love gravy. And th- when we flew out there last year, I had to take the whole family. We went to Cracker Barrel. And uh, when we landed, we got our meals. And the lady looks at Grace and she's like, you want gravy with that? And Grace's like, yeah, of course I want some gravy with that. And the lady was like, well, what kind of gravy do you want? And we all kind of, what do you mean, what kind? There were three kinds. I know there was like brown, yellow, and then there was a third one, which I forget that one. And we just looked at her and we're like, we're from San Diego, there's options? And she's just like, oh goodness, I'm just gonna go bring them all to you and like get you situated so you can like figure it out. And I, I'm texting Beth going, how do you work the gravy here? It seems like at every meal, she's like, gravy is like the duct tape of the meal in the South. You can use it however, which it was perfect. Because when I get my Thanksgiving meal, I get the potatoes, the stuffing, and, and the meat, and its gravy just gets plastered all over. <laughs> like, it's, it is terrible, like, making the walk back because it's, like, b- like right over the edge. Uh, uh, what, what is that with water when you get that, um, th- that holds it together without cracking over? But then there are people who, like, put no gravy on it. How do you eat it with no gravy? Like, gravy and salt are the key to me to make Thanksgiving meal, I know I'm just not supposed to admit that Now what was I talking about? Overflowing. <laughs> this, this, that's that word overflowing, that it's gushing forth um, the, 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 the Christian, that the, that the fruit of our lives, as we've received Christ as we've walked with him, we are so filled with gratitude that it just spills out of us. It's beautiful. It's not forced. It's not faked. I I believe that this comes with with growing. Um, I think of Romans, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. That as we grow in our relationship with God, we come into a greater understanding of who we are apart from Christ we we get a greater understanding of what he's done for us like i think when i became a christian i thought grace was sort of something that just filled the gap like that i was pretty much 80% bad and i needed 20% grace to sort of to, to sort of make the connection then i became a christian and i started to like as i as i grew and came to understand the nature of god and who he was more and more, I realized how bad I was, like, that I was, like, that the, 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 there is no bridge that I can connect. Uh, that his grace became all the more glorious, all the more wonderful. Where I thought that I'd be, I, I, when I initially became a Christian, I thought, oh, I'm 20% good. And I needed 80% grace. But then as I moved along in my relationship, then I became, like, now I'm 80% good. And now all I need is a 20% grace to fill the gap. But the more I've come to know him, the more I've come to realize that we are just, we are utterly lost without him. But then his grace becomes all the more beautiful. Like the understanding of Jesus on the cross and what he did for me. It's overwhelming. And I think this is our first step. Have you received Christ Jesus as Lord? And when we come to him as Lord and we understand what he's done for us, it changes everything. And the more we grow in this, the more that gratitude um, uh, comes out of us. Um, I think that we can do things to, um, to develop gratitude, to develop understanding. Obviously, I think reading the scripture the reason that we read the scripture is I think it, it it helps us to have a better understanding of who God is. Uh, it helps square our world that we understand who we are, we understand who he is. I think uh, worshiping through music is a great tool to kind of get our hearts in tune with of, of praying and seeking him. Um, fellowshipping with one another, being connected to other believers is, is critical. As I, um, especially this last week, this... Uh, there's a certain meaningfulness or reminder of, with Lloyd Beth's passing, that there was this sort of, the chapter of that generation that was here with us when we first came, um, they're gone. And I think back to like the value of those elderly people in my life, having the, the wisdom um, r- really to, to be surrounded by people who, who had gone the distance with the Lord. To be surrounded for the first time in my life where somebody was married for more than 15, 20 years. Like I've lost count of you guys. I can't keep up with you guys. How many? You guys are like 73 years of marriage. Is that right, Pin Dolores? How many? 70? 70 years of marriage. This is like, this is not something that my generation knows and so to be surrounded in fellowship with those who have been walking longer than me and seeing the ups and downs and how does this whole Christianity work, it's super valuable. And at the same time, is each of us, if you're a Christian, you're getting older and older in the Lord, and that you can have that same impact on others. It's, it's, it's critical for us to be surrounded with one another. And as we meditate upon him, as we know him, gratitude is just, it just naturally flows out of us. It's not dependent on our circumstances because ultimately the circumstances in this world, like we all are going to face death. We're all going to face bodies that are breaking down. We're all facing difficult. It's just the reality of living in a fallen world. But when we understand what he's done and we understand that it's not really about this world, it's about the next life with him. There's so much to be thankful for that Ephesians 1, or 1, whatever, I forget where it is. It's in the one that we've been blessed. I think it's 1, 3. We've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And so as I end here, I do want to again end with the good word of, of Abraham Lincoln's speech, one paragraph for his call for Thanksgiving as we go into this week. This is one of those holidays that it's super easy to get behind as, as a Christian. And he says, I do, therefore, my, invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our benefic- beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. I think we can do that, to, to set apart the day of praise and thanksgiving to God, our Creator. And I recommend to them that while offering up the ascriptions, justly do him for such singular deliverances and blessings, they do also with humble penitence for our national perversiveness and disobedience, commend to his tender care all those who have become widows, orphans, mourners, or sufferers, in the lamentable civil strife in which we are unavoidably engaged and fervently implore the interposition of the almighty hand to heal the wounds of the nation and to restore it as soon as may be consistent with the divine purposes to fulfill enjoyment of peace, harmony, tranquility, and union. In light of the world events, it's almost like in the last 152 years not a whole lot's changed it's it's not like things are exponentially getting worse adam and eve created sin and in this like in that sin the, the world has fallen and now i don't think our whole nation this thanksgiving is going to be setting their hearts upon thanksgiving and praise to the lord and confessing the sins of this nation that have have turned aside from god and Lifting up the widows and those who are suffering as a result of of, of the wars that we 've been engaged in, I think that we as his followers, it would be good for us and our families to to follow these instructions and I think it 's biblical and so Father, we do thank you and praise you for this day lord we um, Lord, we ask that you would help us to have a greater understanding. Of how terrible our sin is. Father, I pray that you would give us um, a clearer picture of who you are, a clearer picture of your holiness, your righteousness. And Father, that we would begin to appreciate, Lord, all that you've done for us through Christ on the cross we thank you that you, salvation is just about it's believing in you but lord we also acknowledge that in believing that there's uh, uh, there are things that we should do in response and father we pray that as we have given our lives to christ We ask, Lord, that you would help us to be sensitive uh, to your spirits. Lord, help us to have uh, your eyes. May we um, truly appreciate uh, all that we have. Uh, Lord, we are the wealthiest people in in human history that, that where we live to think that we have running water And it even gets hot. And we have food. Not just for the next meal, but for many meals ahead. Father, I pray that you would help us to count our many blessings. Father, I pray that you would help us to gush gratitude. Father, we are thankful. You are so good to us. We are so unworthy. We love you, and we pray this in Christ's good name. Amen. Amen.